Welcome, I'm Nestor Flores, the pastor of Dayspring Church in Mission Hills, California. Thank you for tuning in to our podcast. I want to invite you to learn more about Dayspring Church by visiting our website, dayspringmh.org. We trust that if you open your heart, God will speak to you and you'll know how to live a life with God at the center that will result in a blessed life. This message will inspire, build your faith, and help you to know God better. Enjoy the message. Today we're starting a new series called Something Better. How many of you guys know that there are certain things that are better than others? Right? There are certain things that are better than others. To illustrate this point, we're going to be talking about this series. Uh, that's what we're going to be talking about in this series. But to illustrate this point and to have a little bit of fun, I want us to decide what day spring thing is better. Okay, I'm going to give you an option of two items. And by a raise of hands, you vote and tell us what you think is better. Is that cool? Okay, here's the first one. What's better? Let's see the first picture. Have it. What's better, burgers or tacos? If you say burgers, raise your hand. Any burger guys, burger people? Okay, who says tacos? Okay, tacos are better, okay. Day spring thinks tacos are better. Okay, next one. What's our next option? Coke or Pepsi? If you're a Pepsi person, raise your hand. Oh, wow. If you're a Coke person, raise your hand. If you're a water person, no, I'm just playing. Let's look at the next one. Let's look at the next one. What's the next one? Digital movies or DVDs? If you say DVDs, raise your hand. You just gave your age. If you say digital movies, raise your hand. Okay, so, so some of you don't watch movies, right? You only, you, you only pray and read the Bible. You don't ever watch movies. Okay, I believe we have one more. Do we have one more? Yes. Coffee or tea? I think this is a no-brainer. It's a no-brainer, right? If you say coffee, raise your hand. If you say tea, raise your hand. All right, guys, let's get them. I'm just playing. And then I believe this is the last one. Oh, no, we have two more, right? We have, no, that's the last one. Amazon or eBay? If you say Amazon, raise your hand. If you say eBay, raise your hand. Okay. My cousin works for Google, and he raised his hand for Amazon. I just saw him. He works for Google, and he raised his hand for Amazon. I'm going to write um, Google a letter. I'm joking. I'm, I'm joking. So, now, that, that is what we here at Dayspring may consider better, right? But another church may say, no, 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 Pepsi is better. So, as we talk about this series... And we talk about certain things being better than others. I am not going to go based on my suggestions or my preferences. We're going to look at what God says is better. We're going to look because the Bible tells us that some things are better than other. And we're not going to go based on opinion or popularity. We are going to go based on God's truth. And the things that he says that are better than others. And in his written word, in his written word that he has left us, he's given us hints of things that he says, hey, this is better than that. Let me give you a few examples right there in your outline. If you have your bulletin, you can pull the outline out and follow along with me. Let's look at a few verses of the things that God says are better than others. For example, in Psalms 37, 16, he says, Better is the little that the righteous has than the abundance of many wicked. 
God says, it is better to be the right person and not have a lot than to be a wicked person and have a lot. But that's not what society believes, right? Psalms 118.8 says, it is better to trust in the Lord than to trust in who? People. God says, you're going to be a lot safer. It is going to go better for you if your trust is in God and not in people. Anybody here been disappointed or backstabbed by a person? Don't raise your hand. We all have. We all have. In fact, here's what I know. Some of our deepest wounds, some of our most shameful experiences in our life have been at the cost of somebody else. We trusted maybe our spouse. We trusted maybe our parents. We trusted a co-worker. We trusted a friend. And they did us wrong. And that's why God says it is better to trust in God than it is in people. One more. Two more. Psalm 63.3 says, says, your failing love is better than life itself. God says, my love is better than life itself. And we're, I think we're going to look at that one of the weeks. And then in 1 Corinthians 7, 8, and 9, um, uh, look at what he says. He, and then I'll develop a little bit on this. This is Paul speaking, okay? The Apostle Paul. He says, so I say to those who aren't married and to widows. So all you young people, all you single people, here's what the Bible says. It is better to stay unmarried just as I am. So Paul says, it is better to be single than to be married. He's not saying marriage is a bad thing. But what he is saying, he's saying it's better to be single. You know what that means? It means that not everybody is meant to be married. In fact, there's something that I want to do in our church. Because I think as a church, unconsciously, we make single people who are not married feel like they're second degree citizens. Say, if you don't have a family, you haven't arrived yet. If you're not married, you you haven't experienced all of God's goodness. And that is not true. There's some people that are going to be single, not because you're ugly, not because nobody likes you, but because marriage is not for you. Now, marriage is a wonderful thing. It is. It's, it's difficult, but it's a wonderful thing. It reminds me of a joke. It says that a husband came to his wife and he says, Honey, I've invited my friend Joe over to have dinner in our house. To which the wife says, Are you crazy? How, would you invi- How are you going to invite somebody over to our house without letting me know? I haven't had time to cook. I haven't had time to clean. I, we don't even have groceries. I, I, the house is a mess. Why would you do that? And he says, The fool is thinking about getting married, and I want him to see the reality. So, single people, I want to do something with you. I want to do something with you. I wanted to have a date, but I don't have the date yet, but I am going to give you a date. I want to get together with all the single people, and I I want us to brainstorm, because I want Dayspring to be a place where married and single can both coexist and not one or the other feel superior. I want to know how we can make Dayspring a a more single-friendly church to say, hey, you might get married one day or you might not. And until that day comes, we don't want you to feel like, like you haven't arrived yet, like you haven't experienced all of God's goodness yet. Okay, But he does say this. So single people, look at what he does say. Okay, verse 9, 
But if they can't control themselves, and you know what he's talking about here? He's not talking that you have a social media frenzy. He's not talking that you have a shopaholic attitude. He says, but if they can control themselves, here's what they say. They should go ahead and what? Marry. Because here's, here's what God recommends. He says, it is better to marry than to burn with. So if you're single and you can't contain yourself, there's too much hotness in you. You're too sexy for your body, for your shirt. Well, how does the song go? The Bible says, it is better to get married than to burn with lust. Now, there's many, many more texts where God tells us that something is better than something else. But the question is, here's the question that, that we have to ask. Why would God bother to tell us that one thing may be better than another? Why would God bother? Why, why doesn't just God let us choose? Why does he have to kind of tip the balance one way or another? Here's why. Very simple. Very simple. Very powerful. God tells us that certain things are better than other for two reasons. Number one, because he wants what's best for you. He wants what's best for you. And second, because many of us, we tend to settle with what's okay or good and we're happy there and God doesn't want you to be where it's just okay where you are where you have an okay marriage and you have an okay health and you have an okay education and you're just okay because here's what you got to know okay is not okay have you guys seen those AT&T commercials I want to show you two of them and and I believe that in one way this is how God feels about us, and this is what God wants to tell us. Look, look at these two commercials really short, really quickly. Hey, hey, how you doing? Uh, Phil, are you guys good with brakes? We're okay. Just okay? We got a saying here. The brakes don't stop it, something will. That's not a real saying. It is around here. I wrote it. Just okay is not okay. Everybody all set? Hey. Oh, any recommendations? The salmon was okay. Just okay? Is it fresh? Sort of. The chef had it this morning. Unfortunately, he went home sick, but he left instructions with Kyle. This fish is raw. Do we need a minute? Yes. yes. Just okay is not okay. So in this series, what we're going to look at is that I think most of us say, hey, how are you doing? I'm okay. And, and here's, normally we lie, okay? Because we don't feel safe enough to say, no, I'm not doing well. I'm struggling. But even when we're not struggling, we say, I'm okay. And God doesn't want you to be okay. He wants what he designed as best, as ultimate, as the highest to be yours. And that's what we're going to be doing in this series. Now, there's one, B, one big key principle that you got to know if you want what's best. And I'll tell you this. Unless you do this one thing, you will never have what's best. You'll always have what's okay. And fill this out in your outline. Here's the key principle. You got to let go of the good to embrace the best. You got to let go of what's good. There's some things that are good, but God has something better. Okay. Some of us, you, you, you're, you're, you're okay. But God says, no, no, there's something better than being okay. 
Some of you, you're doing okay financially, and God wants to say, I have something better. Some of you, you know the Bible okay, and God wants to say, no, no, I want to reveal to you my word in a better way. Some of you, you're doing ministry okay, and God says, no, 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 I want, I have something better in place for you. And listen, we will never have what's better until we let go of what's okay. If you go through life like this, and a lot of people live like this, we get so, so prideful and we get so, we become owners of, of what we have. And the Bible tells us that we really don't own anything, that who owns everything? God, right? But, but yet we go through life with a closed fist and we say, God, why haven't you done this? God, why haven't you given me that? God, why haven't you opened this door? And, and what God is saying, I can't give you anything because your fists are closed. And we close our fists because we're afraid of losing something. Here's what you got to know. When you approach God and when you come to God with open hands, yes, he'll take away. But he'll always put something better. Always. So if you want something better from God, you got to be willing to let go with what's okay. And there's some areas in our life, they're not bad. They're just okay. Right? It's like old salmon. Anybody want to eat old salmon for sushi? It's okay. No, God has something better. And today we want to start with the first biblical principle. And and it's this. The Bible tells us that better is one day with God than a thousand anywhere else. Better is one day with God in my life than a thousand years anywhere else without God. Look, look, Look at What Psalms 84 verses 1 and 2 and verse 10 say right there in your outline. Look at what it says. How lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord of heaven's armies. I long. In other words, I am desperate. I can't wait. I am anxious. He says, I long. Yes, I faint with longing to enter the courts of the Lord. With my whole being, body, and soul, I will shout joyfully to the living God. A single day in your courts is better than than a thousand anywhere else. Listen to what he says. I would rather be a gatekeeper in the house of my God than to live the good life in the home of the wicked. The courts of the Lord is the dwelling place of God. And what the psalmist is saying here, he's saying, it is better to be one day with God, wherever God is, in his home, it is better to be one day there than a thousand years or a thousand days anywhere else. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to picture that place you've been wanting to go back to visit. Maybe you've already gone there or you haven't gone there and you want to go. And it's usually an exotic place, right? It's usually a very fancy place. And we're like, yeah, I want to go. I'm going to save some money. I'm going to go for 10 days. Well, here's, here's what God says. He says, better is one day with me in your life than you a thousand days in your favorite destination. And the psalmist even says this. He says, this is how much better it is one day with God than a thousand days in Disneyland. Okay? This is, this is the comparison. It says, it is better To be a servant. He says, I would rather be a gatekeeper. I would rather be a maid in God's house than to enjoy life with the wicked. 
Now, the question now becomes that you got to ask, well, if God says that one day with him is better than a thousand days anywhere, why does one day with God make it better than a thousand days anywhere else? Why is one day better than a thousand? Now, before I tell you that, here's what we got to address, okay? And if you're not a Christian, this is not for you. I'm just, let me talk to those of us that are Christian, okay? Most Christians don't truly believe this. We know it, and we even post it on social media, but we don't truly live it. In fact, I find a lot of Christians saying, no, 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 I want to enjoy life. I want to make money. I want to I enjoy my pleasures. I want to get to know places. And then when I'm old, when I'm old, then I'll pay the price to go to heaven. But in the meantime, I just kind of want to enjoy life. And that tells me that we don't truly believe that better is one day with God than a thousand anywhere else. Because we rather make money than to delight with God. Because we rather have fun than to have a relationship with God. So here's something that we need to not just process through our mind, but really process through our life and say, do I truly believe that one day with God is better than a thousand anywhere else? And to help you do that, I want to tell you why one day with God is better than a thousand anywhere else. Okay, let me give you a few reasons why. You can fill these out in your outline, okay? Number one, the first bullet point is one day with God is better than anything else. Number one, because of his unfailing love. Because of his unfailing love. Okay, finish filling that out because I need you to look at me, okay? Every single one of us, you don't have to be a believer. You don't have to be. You don't have to be old and you don't have to be educated. Every single one of us has a deep longing. You ready for this? It, it, it has nothing to do with religion. It has nothing to do with your marital situation. It has to do with you simply being a human. Every single one of us has a longing to be loved. Some, some men deny it, but we still want to be loved. Okay? Every single one of us wants to be accepted, wants to be embraced, and we want to belong. You know why? Because God created you that way. And I'll tell you this. No one will love you. No one has loved you like God does at this exact moment. And here's the awesome part. God loves you not because of what you do. He loves you because of who he is. And no one will love you like God can. Most of us, we have been hurt. We are hurting because we banked on the love of someone when we should have been banking on the love of God for us. Paul tells us, he says, nothing can separate you from the love of God. You will not be loved by God more tomorrow than you are today. And you cannot be loved less by God tomorrow because God's love doesn't change for you. And that longing is in every single one of us. And the only place where you will find true unconditional love is in the presence of God. 
That's why one day with God is better than a thousand anywhere. Second reason, okay? One day with God is better because he offers us forgiveness. Because he offers us forgiveness. Okay, here's another point. It doesn't matter if you're religious or not, okay? We've all made mistakes. Don't raise your hands. Don't elbow anybody. We've all made mistakes. We've all hurt people. And we've all been hurt by people. You know what's one of the things that I learned this past week as I was away in that leadership retreat? That we're all hurting and we just don't talk about it. And a lot of the hurt that we have is guilt and shame over the things we have done. And the only place where you will find forgiveness and restoration is in God's presence and not nowhere else. Some of you, you're trying. You're trying to, to, you're trying to erase the fact that you may have destroyed your family with work or with a substance or with another love, but that's not going to cover it. Some of you, you're trying to, to hide the, the shame of not being loved by your parents or accepted by others with your accolades, but I want to tell you something, that's not going to cover it. The only one that can offer us forgiveness and clear conscience is God himself. And you can distract your mind. You can drown your mind with alcohol or whatever it is that you do. But eventually you will wake up to deal with the reality that the pain and the shame and the emptiness and the guilt is still there. And I want to tell you today, I know you're hurting like I'm hurting. The place where we will find healing is in the presence of God and not anywhere else. And that's why one day is better than a thousands anywhere else. Third one, I got to hurry. A day with God is better because we are secured under his cover. We are secured. Okay, just like love, another big essential of every human being is security. Ladies. One of the reasons you got married with the person you got married, well, the majority, some of you were not in your sober mind when you did it, but those of you that were, I know this to be true about about 99.9% of ladies. One of the things that you unconsciously or consciously asked yourself or wondered about the person you got married or didn't marry is whether you felt secure or not. Can this guy protect me? Can this guy provide for me? Guys, I know one of the reasons you delayed getting married for years was because you weren't sure that you could provide provision for your family. For How are we going to make it? Are we going to be able to pay our bills? Or am I going to be a good husband? Here's why. Because inside of us, there is, there is a longing to feel secure. As a nation, that is one of the biggest topics, right? We want to feel secure. Okay, there's only one place where security is found, and that is in God. By the way, you want to know when you feel secure? You want to know how you can know? If there's peace in your life. If you don't have peace, you don't feel secure. But when there's peace, you feel secure. And when God comes, the Bible tells us this. The Bible says that God gives us a peace that surpasses all understanding. You know what that means? That means that like, my goodness, today is my, last, my dad's last day with us. I should be crying. I should be desperate. I should be out of my mind. 
But the presence of God in me says, hey, it's going to be okay. It doesn't mean it doesn't hurt because it does hurt. But it means that I am not hopeless. It means that I am not abandoned. It means that it's not the end of the road. But it just means that I know that God is with me and that God is with you. Amen. Amen. Two more, two more, quickly, quickly. One day with God is better because he can fill us with joy. He can fill us with joy. Let me tell you really quick what joy is, okay? Joy is not the same as happiness. Happiness comes from the outside. When, you're, when your significant other or your parents buy you a car, that's happiness, right? Because there was something from the outside that brought good inside. You know what joy is? Joy comes from the inside. And it doesn't matter what's going on around you. You can be, you can be up. You can be positive. You can be, you can be smiling, not because the outside is going good, but because the inside is going good. And joy, listen to me, joy can only be given from God. No one or nothing can give you joy. They can give you happiness, and that's why they can take it away. But only God can give you joy. And joy is awesome because you could be going through whatever you're going and still have joy. Here's the next thing. Here's the next thing why why a day with God is better, okay? A day with God is better because he gives our life, he gives us a life of purpose and meaning. He gives us a life of purpose and meaning. Third thing that every single human being wants, okay? Not just to be loved, not just to feel secure. Here's the third one. To know that their life matters. Okay? We were created for a purpose. And let me tell you this. Your purpose was not to make money. Because when you die, you can't take it with you. Okay? Your purpose was not to accumulate a lot of material things. Okay? Because when you die, Uncle Sam's going to keep them. You know where purpose comes from? You know where feeling meaningfulness comes from? When we do something that is bigger than our life. When we are part of something that will outlive our existence. And you know what that's called? That's called purpose. And only God can help you have a purpose. Because without God, most of us will just be selfish. And we'll live for ourselves. And it'll be about the newest phone and about the newest car and about the newest vacation and about the newest per- bag. About th- no. And God says, hey, I want you to have purpose. And let me tell you something, okay? Nothing satisfies like knowing that you've been a blessing to somebody else. Nothing. Nothing satisfies. And that's what God does. And then last but not least, uh, one day is better because we can count on God's provision. Okay? How many of you guys know that God is not stingy? God is not stingy. Okay? And God gives us. Now, you may be saying, well, if God's not stingy, how come I don't have? I'll tell you really, really quick. Because you don't ask. You complain. Parents, how many of you guys give your kids when they complain? Dad, you never buy me anything. Okay, just to prove you wrong, I'm going to buy you all you want. We don't do that, right? It's when our kids come and, Dad, you know, I really want the new Jordans. That kind of breaks your heart. So, first of all, we don't have because we don't ask. Second, the Bible tells us that we don't have when we ask because we ask for the wrong motives. God is not stingy. But God is not wasteful. 
And because God wants to give you a purpose, he is not going to give you just so that you can brag and so that you can just delight. No, God wants you to be a blessing. And when you start asking God to give you things to be a blessing, that's when you're going to experience all of God's abundance in your life. But God provides all of our needs. Now, let me wrap this up. One day with God is incredibly better. Okay, so if that is true, the question becomes then, how do I spend my day with God? How do I spend my day with God? Okay, this is key. If you haven't been paying attention to anything I said, this next part is the most important part. Okay, so we've already decided or I've I've argued with you that one day with God is better and I've given you reasons. Now, the question now becomes, how do I spend my day with God? I think many people don't know how to spend a day with God. And we go about it wrong, okay? Let me give you a key, and then I'll, I'll explain it. Fill this out in your outlines. The key to spending a day with God is to live in constant communion with God, okay? And the key words here is constant communion. Let me tell you why I, why I say that the majority of people do not know how to spend a day with God, okay? The majority of people... Here's what they say. Well, I'm going to start my day by spending time with God. Then I'm going to go work. So for most people, there's a religious or a spiritual part of their life. And then there's a normal or secular part of their life. Did you know that when God sees us, he doesn't say, oh, that's the Christian part. And that's the non-Christian part. God doesn't see us that way. He sees all that we do as part of what he wants and what he has for us. There is no, I'm going to spend, and I know what they mean. I I know what you mean, but but you also know what I mean, right? When you say, I'm going to spend time with God. It's like most people say, I'm going to church. I'm spending time with God. Then after that, I'm spending time with my family. Wait a minute. So when you leave with your family, God's not there? You, You leave them here? Because if you've been leaving him here, you, you've got it wrong. If you've been coming just to meet him here and then he kind of stays here, you, you got to change that because I, you know where I need him the most? Not here, out there. Right? So what we got to do is to recognize that everything that we do, we can have communion with God. You know, when, when they put you to sweep at work, you can have communion with God right there. When you're stuck in traffic, You can have communion with God right there. When you're buying groceries, you can have communion with God right there. When you're washing dishes, you can have communion with God right there. When you, let let, let me show you this verse. Look at this verse, Colossians 3.17, okay? Everything you say and what? Everything you do should be done for who? For Jesus, your Lord. So the key to spending my day with God is to have a constant awareness that God is with me. That there isn't a time where I sit with God and there's a time where God kind of leaves me. No, no. He's with us all the time. You can talk to him when you're angry. You can talk to him when you're frustrated. You can talk to him when you're hungry. You can talk to him when you're full. When you begin to be aware that at every point and at every time God is with you, let me tell you something. Your day will change. 
Some people say, oh, I can't wait to go to church to connect with God. You don't have to wait to come to church. You could do it right then and there. You could do it. Let, let, let me show you this. Let me show you this. In the Old Testament, in the Old Testament, when, when the people of Israel wanted to go with God, they really couldn't, okay? They really couldn't. It had to be a priest who, who, who had to go to the holiest place, to the presence of God. Did you know that that's not true anymore for you and me? Did you know that now God dwells in you? That when you open your heart and you say, Jesus, I need you, he deposits his spirit in your life. And now you don't have to go to a specific place because the Bible now says that your body is the temple of God. So everywhere you go, Jesus is with you. When you're tempted to steal that snicker. When you lied on your taxes. When you gave the bird to the person in the freeway. When you cheated in your hour card, Jesus is with you. And listen, you want your days to change? Just become aware that God is with you. Become aware. Say, listen, I don't have a spiritual life and a secular life. No, I am a new creation and everything I am is under the spirit. Okay? So even when I do things that are not religious, they're still spiritual. Why? Because God is with me. God is in me. Now, I'm going to give you two habits really quickly. Two habits. They're not new. Okay? They're not new. You know these. Okay? And I know what you're going to say. Well, pastor, if we know them, why are you telling us? Here's why. Because you still don't do them. Okay? And as your pastor, here's what you got to know. As your pastor, I'm not just interested in you knowing something. You know what my biggest interest is? And you doing something because the Bible says that the blessing comes not when we know, but when we do it. Okay, so two habits, no guilt. I'm not trying to give you any guilt. I'm trying to encourage you. Okay, because you know this, but you just need a little bit of encouragement. Two habits to, that are going to help you become aware uh, of God's presence with you. Number one, the first habit is the habit of daily prayer is the habit of daily prayer. 1 Thessalonians 5.17 says, never stop praying. Okay, does that mean we got to quit our jobs and always be on our knees? No, it doesn't mean that. Let me illustrate what it means. I have my phone here with me. If I have my phone with me, it means at any moment and at every moment, I am connected to the network. It's not just when I turn it on, but it's at every moment. And that's what it means to pray without ceasing, to never stop praying. To say at any moment, I can connect. I don't have to wait for that Saturday once a month to go pray. You can pray to God, and you don't always do it on your knees. You need to spend time on your knees, but you don't always have to do it on your knees. When you're scared, talk to God. When you're frustrated, talk to God. When you feel like screaming at your kids, talk to God. When you feel like screaming at your parents, talk to God. Here's what it means. It says, God is inviting you to talk to him at any moment, at any time. And just kind of chime in, okay? Second habit, second habit, okay? You got to develop the habit of walking in the spirit. You got to develop the habit of walking in the spirit, okay? If you have Jesus... The Holy Spirit lives in you. And at every day, he's sending you notifications. Did you know that? 
It's not your conscience. It's the Holy Spirit. He's saying, hey, don't get angry. Don't cuss. Don't talk smack on social media. Don't drive so fast. And you think that's just your mom talking to you. That's not your mom talking to you. That's the Holy Spirit saying, hey, I have something better for you. But you know what the majority of us do? We just ignore it. We ignore it and we kind of do our own thing. When you start listening to the promptings of the Holy Spirit in your life, you will live in constant communion with God and your day will be better. I don't know what you're going through right now. I don't know what you're facing right now. But I can promise you this. Spending a day with constant communion with God is better than spending your day anywhere else. We hope you enjoyed this message. But before you go, we want to extend an invitation to start a personal relationship with Jesus and declare Him your God. No one loves you like Jesus, and no one will impact your life for good like Jesus will. Would you make the following prayer your prayer? Heavenly Father, I repent of my wrongdoing. I open my heart, and I want to have a personal relationship with you. I trust that Jesus died so I could be forgiven, but he didn't stay dead. He rose back to life so I could have eternal life. From today on, I will follow you, transform my life through your truth and love. In Jesus' name, amen. Congratulations. If you made that prayer, God lives in you and now you have a new life in him. Connect to a church so your faith and love for God can continue to grow. We believe that you can find a loving and encouraging community in Day Spring Church. Come visit us. You belong here. We would love to meet you.